0: Good morning, I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, October 5th, a large oil spill in Orange County. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County health officials reported 390 new COVID-19 infections on Monday and nine COVID-related deaths. According to the latest state data, hospitalizations increased by four yesterday. More than 88% of the eligible county residents have received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccines. On Monday, San Diego County issued a so-called Notice of Availability for the area around the sports arena in Point Loma. That's a signal to developers that the area is open for redevelopment. The city will consider proposals from developers that include at least 25% affordable housing units. Mayor Todd Gloria says he hopes the revitalization of this area will help alleviate the city's housing crisis. After a stormy Monday that included reported lightning strikes, thousands of San Diego gas and electric customers experienced an electricity outage earlier this morning. SDG&E says as of this morning, roughly 1,300 customers in the Mission Hills and Hillcrest area, about 2,500 in San Diego, and about 4,200 in Oceanside were without power. The power is expected to be restored by 3 p.m. today. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
1: Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news events and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically. But our need to learn and understand one another has it.
2: This is Port of Entry.
3: The Parker Edison Project. Listener supported KPBS Cinema Junkie.
1: Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again.
0: Cleanup efforts are underway after a huge oil spill off the coast of Huntington Beach has closed beaches and waterways. Up to 127,000 gallons are believed to have come from an underwater pipeline. The Coast Guard reports patches of oil have been found just past Dana Point and says it continues to move in a southerly direction. Eric Terrell with the Scripps Institution of Oceanography tracks ocean currents and says it's unclear if any of the oil will make its way to San Diego.
4: The dynamics of the ocean, that the water is always in movement. It's very typical for um, like in an oil spill situation for that to start dispersing itself along the coastline um, under the whim of the way the currents are pushing it.
0: Meanwhile, it'll take a coordinated effort to help the sea life that are affected by the oil. KPBS's Alexandra Rangel says SeaWorld is on standby to help if needed. SeaWorld is part of the Oiled Wildlife Care Network, which is a coordinated effort by animal care facilities in California to respond to injured and ill animals. Kim Peterson is the rescue supervisor at SeaWorld. She says the team is on standby as long as they are needed.
5: SeaWorld San Diego is going to be taking in affected turtles, sea turtles, and um, any cetaceans or dolphins that come uh, uh, that land up on the beach.
0: And that reporting from KPBS's Alexandre Ronhell. The extent of the damage is still being assessed by wildlife rehabilitation experts. KPCC's Jill Replogle reports that so far they've only received a handful of injured birds.
3: So-called oiled birds lose the natural waterproofing in their feathers. That makes them get cold, even suffer hypothermia. The Oiled Wildlife Care Network has people fanned out along the coast looking for birds in distress. Director Michael Zaccardi says they haven't found as many as they feared.
2: But typically spills of this nature, were were here for several weeks to months.
3: In other words, it's still early. He said his group would be flying along the coast to better assess the risk. Another small silver lining, zaccardi said, is that California is the best at rehabilitating wildlife after a spill.
2: We have the best uh, techniques and the best success of any place in the world.
3: It generally takes 10 to 14 days to return oiled
0: birds to the wild. And that was Jill Replogle with KPCC. For the second time in less than six months, a sexually violent predator has been rejected for placement in a San Diego County home. But there's already five SVPs placed in homes throughout the county. KPBS's Melissa May spoke with a county supervisor who wants changes made before any more are housed in the region.
2: Douglas Badger, a convicted sexually violent predator, will not be released to a home in Rancho Bernardo. After public outcry, the owners of the home where he was supposed to stay say he is not welcome. While that news is a relief to the community, it's not enough for San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond.
4: I'm putting forward that we oppose any future placements of sexually violent predators in San Diego County until we get to be part of the process and that we also get a veto vote on anyone being placed here uh, at all.
2: On Tuesday, Desmond plans to introduce a proposal to the Board of Supervisors to make San Diego off-limits for SVP placements until the process is improved.
0: And that was KPBS's Melissa May. Governor Gavin Newsom on Monday signed into law the so-called California Momnibus Act to improve infant and maternal health, especially for families of color. One of the bill's co-authors is Southern California Democratic Assemblywoman Dr. Akila Weber. This bill is not only significant to me professionally as an obstetrician-gynecologist, but also personally as a black woman who is giving birth two times. I'm aware that the successful outcomes of my pregnancies are unfortunately not necessarily the norm for women that look like me. Death rates for pregnant Black women continue to be higher than the state's average, and Black and Native American babies die at a rate more than double the state's average. Among other things, the new law will require a state committee to collect more details about pregnancy-related deaths and recommend ways to reduce racial gaps. It'll also expand access to midwives and doulas who can help improve maternal care. State and federal lawmakers plan to introduce legislation and hold at least one hearing in response to an investigation from public radio stations in California. It showed how wildlife smoke from the western U.S. is choking much of the country, posing serious health risks. Cap Radio's Scott Rod reports.
4: Democratic Assemblywoman Luz Rivas says wildfire smoke is a big concern for residents in her Los Angeles County district.
5: A lot of my constituents are worried about their children and long-term health effects.
4: As chair of the Assembly Natural Resources Committee, she hopes to introduce legislation to bolster protections for students. Fellow Assemblymember Robert Rivas says he wants to expand enforcement of a recently signed law that guarantees agricultural workers access to N95 masks. This is something that is going to require that we monitor closely. We're doing all we can to protect the health and safety of such a vulnerable population of workers. And our investigation got the attention of Congress. Representative Mike Levin is a California Democrat and a member of the House's Select Committee on the Climate Crisis. Clearly and overwhelmingly, this problem is getting worse. It's going to become worse still if we don't act immediately. Meanwhile, Representative Ro Khanna, a San Jose Democrat who chairs the House's Oversight Committee on Environment, says he plans to hold a hearing on the impacts of wildfires and widespread smoke. In a statement, Khanna said Congress has no option but to act.
0: And that was CapRadio's Scott Rod. Coming up, a San Diego scientist has won a Nobel Prize in medicine. We'll have that story next, just after the break. This year's Nobel Prize for Medicine has been awarded to Scripps research scientist Ardem Patipudian. He and his partner David Julius at UC San Francisco won the award for their work in discovering how skin receptors allow people to sense temperature and touch. The Nobel Committee says Patipudian and Julius uncovered the pathways that are fundamental to our ability to feel, interpret, and interact with our environment. Patipudian spoke about his work briefly soon after after he was notified about the Nobel Prize.
2: In science, many times, it's uh, things that we take for for granted that um, are of high interest and um, Us being in the field of sensing touch and pain, this was kind of the big elephant in the room.
0: The Nobel Prize for Medicine is widely regarded as the highest prize in science, and Scripps is planning a celebration for the latest of its researchers to be awarded a Nobel. San Diego Union-Tribune biotech reporter Jonathan Wozen covered the story. He spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh. Here's that interview.
5: Now, Pataputian's research apparently discovered the molecular basis of how we can feel temperature and force through touch. Can you explain that a bit more?
2: Sure. So Artem's group, uh, which has been at Scripps for the past 20 years, was able to basically answer a question that hasn't been answered this whole time, which is exactly how do we take things like a handshake or a warm cup of coffee or a hug, and turn that into some sort of biological electrical signal uh, that can actually reach the brain and allow us to sense our environment. So he had done some experiments, and researchers in his lab had done some experiments, uh, essentially on a line of cells growing in the lab uh, that would produce little electrical signals in response to little pokes and prods. And so what they started doing was they started disabling genes one by one by the other uh, to find which genes were essential for allowing those electrical signals to happen. And so they stumbled upon a couple of key genes that uh, code for or have the instructions to build uh, two pretty important proteins as part of that process. And when we talk about touch, we're actually talking about all different forms of touch from our sense of pressure to our sense of pain, you know, your, your sense that your stomach is full after a meal, that your lungs are full when you've taken in a breath of air. So it's a pretty wide ranging question in biology and, and the applications for it in terms of, you know, chronic pain, in terms of, you know, the cells in your heart, that have to feel blood pressure. You know, these are all areas where we may be able to unlock some new therapeutics just by understanding the molecules that control this aspect of our lives.
5: Were Patapoutian and Julius expected to win this year's Nobel in Medicine, or is this a surprise?
2: So they were both definitely in the running, and I can say that because the previous year in 2020, they won another really prestigious prize in science, the uh, Kavli Prize, which is announced every two years, and they got that prize for the exact same discovery. That's a prize where the winners are usually acknowledged in person in Oslo, Norway. So. They had previously won a pretty significant honor for the same exact discovery. So they were definitely, you know, I think on the docket and in the running for the Nobel Prize as well.
5: Scripps held a news conference this morning about the award to one of its researchers. What did they have to say?
2: So it was interesting. Artem introduced himself as, uh, you know, a Lebanese immigrant, as someone who grew up in Beirut at a time when there was a civil war, talked about himself being essentially a refugee and uh, coming here and experiencing the American dream, uh, discovering science, you know, having the sort of financial aid and support of going to public universities. He, he went to uh, UCLA initially, and then from there went on to do a PhD and get additional training. So he really framed it as an American story. Uh, you know, he was very incredibly grateful that to spend his life as a scientist and to get to pursue curiosity and these fundamental questions of how the human body works Uh, And really just a lot of genuine joy was one funny moment that uh, he mentioned earlier this morning was that he actually uh, was would have missed the phone call from uh, Stockholm, uh, you know, telling him that he had won the Nobel Prize. It was only because his 94 year old father uh, evidently had also been getting phone calls uh, that he was able to get through to Artem uh, pretty early in the morning. Otherwise, he was he was uh, sound asleep.
5: In normal times, uh, Artem Patapoutian would be preparing to travel to Stockholm to accept the Nobel Prize, but that's not the case this year, is it?
2: Right. So this is the second year in a row that that has been derailed by the COVID nineteen pandemic. So twenty twenty as well as twenty one, that moment of celebration has been turned into a sort of virtual uh, ceremony. And and the same was true last year when he won the Catholic Prize. So you know, at this rate, we expect that maybe 2022 would be the next time that uh, there would be an in-person ceremony, although that really has yet to be confirmed for sure at at this point in the pandemic.
5: Isn't there a large cash award that accompanies this prize?
2: Yeah, it's about $1 million, a little bit more, $1.14 million. So Arden will be uh, sharing that with David Julius, his colleague, who was also at at, uh, the University of California, San Francisco. So Artem's team is essentially famous for identifying these genes behind how we sense touch and pressure, and David Julius's group identified a a similar protein that controls our sense of heat, and uh, they were able to do that by looking at how cells respond to capsaicin. That's the same chemical in chilies that probably makes you want to grab a glass of cold milk or water when you've had something too spicy, but it also controls Uh, responses to high temperatures and uh, low oxygen conditions, as well as uh, inflammation, all trigger that same receptor in our bodies.
5: Now, Pat is the latest Scripps researcher to win a Nobel. Uh, Who were the others?
2: Bruce Butler won the Nobel Prize for identifying a set of receptors that are really important in immune responses. About 20 years ago, Barry Sharpless won the Nobel Prize in in chemistry uh, for his work on catalysts. Uh, There are also a number of other Nobel Prize recipients sort of in San Diego life sciences um, across the other research institutes. You know, Roger Chen comes to mind. Uh, He identified a set of molecules that cause certain jellyfish to glow uh, in the dark. And that's actually the genes behind those molecules have become a really important, a really basic tool across all aspects of uh, biology research. Anytime researchers want to be able to see a certain structure under the microscope, uh, they they use what's called a fluorescent protein. So uh, definitely yet another example of a pretty productive life science industry that we have, a community that we have here in San Diego.
5: And what kind of benefit does Scripps Research get from having a staff scientist win a Nobel?
2: Well, it's definitely something that adds to Scripps researchers reputation uh, as one of the top nonprofit research organizations in the country something that, you know, is going to attract probably even more talent to that institute in the future, uh, you know, as they're bringing in graduate students and postdoctoral researchers. I think it's safe to say there are a lot of people who would love to work at a place that has a, a number of Nobel Prize winners, not a lot of people who would love to work in, in those labs. So it it's something that ultimately cements uh, their status as, you know, one of the more high-powered uh, scientific organizations uh, that, that's out there today.
0: And that was San Diego Union-Tribune biotech reporter Jonathan Wozen speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh.